Hello everybody, my name's Darren and I write blogs, Demon's Voice, about movies and shit like that. You can find it at demonsvoice.blogspot.com and I'm also on Twitter at Demon's Voice, uh, which definitely follow me because why the fuck not? Um, so, I hope you've all had a good few days. You know, mine have been shit as usual, but what's new? And also, The Irishman is out soon, so that's getting me through. Uh, it's on Netflix, which is a shame, but also I'd rather have it on Netflix than just not at all. Especially when it's got... I mean, I can't even call it the Holy Trinity, you know, of Scorsese, De Niro, and Pesci, because it's also got fucking Pacino and Harvey Keitel in, which is fucking incredible. It's like Martin Scorsese's The Avengers, if The Avengers were all gangsters played by, you know, the best actors on the planet. No offense to, uh, Kobe Smulders. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so I rewatched all of Martin Scorsese's movies in preparation for The Irishman, from Mean Streets on anyway, who the fuck is going to watch Boxcar Bertha? And... Obviously, his last feature film, as of now, was Silence. So I went back to look at my blog for Silence, which I wrote at the time, and I pretty much agreed with everything I said, so I thought I'd re-release it in preparation for The Irishman, so you can all refresh yourselves too. Uh, I've updated a bit of it. Uh, you know, in the original blog, I refer to Woody Allen as the great Woody Allen. Well, I've gone for controversial now. But anyway, that's, you know, I thought I'd share it again as a blog, as a podcast, and you can enjoy it because... What the fuck else are you going to do with your time other than listen to my opinions on two-year-old movies? So sit back, relax, enjoy, and listen to me slag off religion and praise Mark Scorsese. Cheers. To quote the controversial Woody Allen, to you, I'm an atheist, to God, I'm the loyal opposition. It was therefore with great anticipation that I went to see Martin Scorsese's film Silence on its release, which deals with God's seemingly never-ending decision to stay mute despite the needs of his followers. I was talking to a Christian friend of mine once when I asked him some of the more cliched questions regarding his stupid religion. Why do bad things happen to good people? How insecure must a super being be to create an ant farm planet of humans that insists must either worship him or spend an eternity in agonizing damnation? The usual bullshit. In every single case, he confidently answered me with, I don't know, as though these things didn't bother him. Finally, I asked, why has nothing Bible-related happened more recently than the time of the Bible? Since the invention of the camera, there's been no parting of the seas, no talking bushes, no booming voices from the sky. It was at this point that my religious friend lowered his head, and with a defeated tone answered, I don't know. I just don't know. But I wonder that all the time, too. He then went silent. Righty how I thought, well my work here is done, I think I might go for a fucking cheeseburger. Silence tells the story of two 17th century Portuguese priests played by Andrew Garfield and Adam Driver who find out some horrible news. Not that their religious organisation is riddled with paedophiles and child rape victims, but something much, much worse than that. Rumours reach them that their old mentor Liam Neeson has travelled to Japan and somehow discovered some, oh my god, common sense. Or as they say, he's apostatized. Although, fucking hell, if that's a problem then wait until they find out why he carries a kosh around with him. They decide to travel to Japan themselves in order to track him down and find out if it's true. The only catch is that Japan has literally no time for their bullshit religion, with an inquisitor dedicated to finding God's minions and either forcing them to denounce their megalomaniacal sky wizard or face torture, torture and death instead. Also, did you see how I said megalomaniacal so well there and then torture was the word I stumbled on? One of the ways in which the suspected Christians must prove their lack of faith is by stepping on a picture of Jesus' face, which proves surprisingly hard for them to do. If they pass that test, but the Inquisitor still isn't satisfied, then they have to spit on an ornament of Jesus on the cross and call Mary a whore. Basically just the kind of thing us atheists do to relax on a Friday night, I suppose. In fact, the first thing I did after the film was over was purchase myself a novelty Jesus doormat to clean your feet on in order to keep away all those nuisance Jehovah's Witnesses. 
For the sake of balance, I'd get one of Muhammad too, except, you know, I'm not a fucking idiot. Once the two priests arrive in Japan, they quickly discover quite how hostile things are, and so find themselves quickly separated and hidden by the local villagers. From here, the film essentially just follows Andrew Garfield, in which he spends the bulk of his time having theological debates with everybody he bumps into, like those twats that you beat, you know, when you're trying to do the shopping and they've got the fucking clipboard in the middle of the street. Fuck off, Andrew Garfield, I want to go to Primark. Anyway, he spends the bulk of his time having theological debates with everybody he bumps into, whilst imagining that he himself might be a bit like Jesus. Of course, we've all seen Garfield debate theology before, although this time it gets a little more in-depth, and simply with great power comes great responsibility. Although, arguably, that is what it boils down to again. As such, the film touches upon everything from the nature of faith, man's responsibility to man, imperialism, and politics, with the whole thing ultimately hinging on the silence of God. Had I been hiding with Garfield in one of these villages, I'd have been able to answer the question a lot more quickly than the film does by simply suggesting, oh, I don't know, is it because he doesn't exist? Anyway, trying to get a fucking cheeseburger. However, due to the film's decision to not include my contemporary self in some Bill and Ted-style time travel plot, the whole thing becomes a giant three-hour chat instead. In fact, considering that the themes and debating the themes of the movie are prioritised over plot, you could probably just remake this movie as a PowerPoint presentation. At least you tend to get tea and b fucking biscuits with a PowerPoint presentation. I feel I'm a bit being a bit harsh there. I've watched it since, and you know, it looks fucking incredible. It looks better than a PowerPoint. Anyway, let's maybe I, maybe I'll talk about that in a second. Let's find out. Not that I'm saying I prefer the PowerPoint presentation, of course. Scorsese wildly holds back his usual kinetic style in favour of a quieter camera here that allows the conversations to unfold much more naturally. I should probably say by quieter camera, I mean that he doesn't draw attention to his use of the camera uh, as much as he perhaps has in the past. I don't just mean that you can't hear the fucking motor of the thing. As much as I love to see a bit of clip art in a presentation, I suppose nothing can really compare to the misty Japanese landscape as Scorsese pays tribute to the Kurosawa-esque mysticism of the country. Except maybe that funny paperclip with eyeballs, I do like that one. Also, we get to see Andrew Garfield with messy hair, and if that doesn't scream cinema, then I don't know what does. Speaking of Garfield, the film has come under criticism for having him play a Portuguese character, but speaking English with a Portuguese accent. It probably didn't help the matter that occasionally his accent would slip back into his regular one either. A problem that was probably only made a little more confusing by Liam Neeson's decision to play a Portuguese man by speaking English with a very definitive Liam Neeson accent. Although, fuck it. If Christianity can depict their Middle Eastern Jesus as a Robert Powell-esque white bloke of hundreds of years and get away with it, then who really gives a shit, I suppose? Not that I'm suggesting Robert Powell is hundreds of years old, it's just, you know. You know the image I'm going for. And also, I suppose that Irish accent is not the most controversial thing Liam Neeson's ever done. At just under three hours, I'd be lying if I said that I didn't consider the film a bit of a slog to get through at times. When rifling through Scorsese's back catalogue, it certainly tests the patience a little more than the giggles you can have when watching him pop somebody's eye by squishing their head in a fucking vice in Casino. However, silence was never less than interesting in the points that it raised, and I was pleased to see the ambiguity of which it dealt with its conundrums. Excuse me. <coughs> I took a lapsed Christian to see this movie, and I was worried that the film was essentially going to be a propaganda machine that coached him back into dealing with his denial. I once spent 90 minutes explaining to him why the faith healing he'd attended was actually one of the most evil and exploitative things around, and I didn't want to see that time go to waste. Uh, as an aside, it did go to waste. Uh, I hung out with him, he stopped being a Christian, I don't hang out with him anymore, he's a Christian again. Now, I don't want to suggest that I'm essentially a godlike figure in people's lives, but, you know, that speaks for itself, I think. Uh, anyway, where were we? Blah 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 blah, a religious blah. A religious person could watch the film and see it as a message with the power of faith as the characters remain devoted to their belief despite the pain inflicted on them. I, however, just see the trouble that religion can bring as Garfield's mission results in death, destruction, and anguish. 
At one point, an eagle flies past the priest, to which Adam Driver announces, it's a message from God. Maybe a religious person would see that as being the point intended by the film. I, however, just see an eagle doing what eagles do, with the two priests simply clutching at straws and ignoring the term confirmational bias. Since Scorsese's very first film back in 1967, there has been a strong theme of Catholicism in pretty much all of his movies. Probably. I've only seen from Mean Streets on. Scorsese himself even wanted to be both a priest and a missionary when growing up, before finding himself drawn to filmmaking in which he could still profit from telling fictional stories. Ha ha ha, religion. As such, I have nothing but admiration for the man and the way in which he's made an unbiased movie that expresses the comforts and contradictions that Faith has left him with throughout his life. The friend that I took to see this film with once asked his vicar if I could have his email address because I had a few questions for him. Absolutely, the vicar responded. They might not be the easiest questions, my friend warned him. Oh, said the vicar. In which case, I'd rather he didn't have my email address after all, if that's okay. That's a true story. As an atheist, I can't help but assume that most religious people have to ignore a lot of evidence to the contrary, hypocrisies, or just out-and-out -out bullshit in order to maintain their faith. In which case, I applaud Scorsese for addressing the issues in such a great-looking and in-depth movie. Like the Romans did with Jesus, I'd have to say that Scorsese has really nailed his subject here. They nailed Jesus to the cross, I'm not suggesting they had sex with him. Anyway, uh, thanks for listening, motherfuckers, and see you next time.